Hi, and welcome to the Dying Dads Podcast. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick. Question, how do you feel about small talk? Most people hate it. My guest today says, not only is small talk worth your time, it could actually unlock your next big thing. Dr. Ivan Meisner is a thought leader in the personal development space, and he's the author of Who's in Your Room? The Question That Will Change Your Life. When PR companies pitch guests to podcasts or TV stations for segments, they often send along suggested topics that the guest is qualified to talk about. Usually they give you four or five ideas. I typically like one, or I take one of them and I twist it a little bit, repitch it for what I think would work better for my purposes. Well, Dr. Meisner's people sent over five topics, and I loved all five. And I'm going to tell you right now, no one goes five for five with me, <laughs> but they did. So I enjoyed what he does for a living so much that I decided I would break his interview into two different episodes. So today, we're going to talk about small talk and specifically networking. So how do you have small talk with people in your community, whether it's a business community or, you know, just the community at large and how to adjust your mindset to expand that conversation into something that helps you in a networking kind of way. Um, networking also sometimes gets a little bit of a bad rap, but networking is simply just growing your community. So that's today's episode. The second episode, which will air in a few days, will be about the types of people you need to surround yourself with and how to really critically look at your own community, the people you spend the most time with, and figure out, is that the community you should be with? So that's a pretty interesting conversation as well. So first, a little bit of background on Dr. Meisner. He is the founder of something called the Business Network International, BNI for short. It is a business networking organization. They have 10,000 chapters. They are all over the world. He has a PhD from USC. He has written 28 books, New York Times bestselling author. And he's also written for places like Entrepreneur Magazine. Forbes and CNN have nicknamed him the founder of modern networking, and you're going to figure out why very, very quickly. <laughs> and here's a nice honor. He was named the Humanitarian of the Year by the Red Cross. And because I do love fun facts in a bio, in his spare time, he's an amateur magician. How about that? That's pretty cool. In this time to ask why small talk can equal a big opportunity, how COVID and work from home have been able to impact networking and what you can do to expand your social and your professional circles from here on out, how to start a conversation with somebody that you're hoping to connect with, We'll give you some follow-up questions that you can ask to maybe deepen that conversation a little bit. And a heads up on a few conversation killers as well. Dr. Ivan Meisner is my guest this week on the Dying to Ask podcast. Have you ever wondered how did they do that? I do all the time. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick and Dying to Ask is the podcast that gets me off a TV news set and into candid conversations with authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and influencers I have been dying to talk to. Soak up the motivation that comes from learning how other people live their lives, how they take an idea or a goal, they follow through, and they pull it off. And maybe along the way, I'll get some answers to questions you've been dying to ask. Dr. Ivan Meisner, thank you for being on the Dying to Ask podcast. Thank you. It's truly my pleasure. Well, your team calls you the people scientists. What do they mean by that? <laughs> well, they're being very generous. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I it's really about developing relationships with uh, other business professionals. Uh, I run the world's largest networking organization. And so through that, I learned how to interact effectively with other people, particularly in a business context. 
Uh, it's it really is uh, about relationships, and that's what networking should be about. It shouldn't be about transactions. It's got to be more relational than transaction. How did you get into this? What what's your your background in a nutshell? Yeah, I'd like to tell you I had this vision of an international <laughs> networking organization, and we now have ten thousand nine hundred groups in seventy seven countries around the world. But I just needed some referrals for my consulting practice, and I put together people I trusted. They trusted me, and we started referring business to each other. And people. So were you what? What field were you working in when this? Kind I was of a management started? consultant. Oh. Yeah. My, I did doctoral work in organizational behavior. I got my doctoral degree at USC, and um, I was a consultant. And I started one group to get referrals and I was trying to help my friends and people kept asking me to open more groups and more groups. Uh, at the end of the first year, I had my Brody moment. You remember Sheriff Brody from the movie Jaws? Yes. Okay. <laughs> remember the first time he sees the shark where Jaws comes out of the water and, and Brody, you know, is shocked and he turns around to the captain and he says, you're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> and that's when I realized I'm going to need a bigger boat because uh, we now have 10,900 groups. Last In the last 12 months, our organization has um, passed 21 billion, with a B, $21 billion worth of business for our members. Wow. Now, so, so what you know, was it, Deirdre, what was it you gotta, about? You one, one thing, Deirdre, there are 77 countries in the world that have a lower GDP than what our members generated for each other in the last wow. 12 months. So what was it about that line of work that you found so rewarding? Like, what was it about connecting people in yeah. a business sense that you thought, wow, this is, this is my, my, my secret skill. It wasn't. And that is why I developed it. I mean, uh, when I started BNI, I was method acting my way through the process. I was <laughs> young. Uh, we don't teach this in colleges and universities anywhere in the world. I have taught for 17 years as an adjunct at various universities. We don't teach it in colleges and universities. And so I was kind of method acting my way through. And, and when things worked, I wrote it down. When things didn't work, I wrote it down. I wrote down the do's and don'ts of networking effectively. And that's what has ended up becoming many of my books. And it's helped me build a large organization. So it's interesting when I think about networking, like what it used to be, it was you went to the event and you passed out your cards and yeah. you had uncomfortable conversations and you spotted someone across the room and you're like, that's the person I'm trying to talk to. And it right. felt very choreographed. It felt very fake. Um, right. And it wasn't always the most productive. I've got to imagine that that has really changed though over the last five years, especially when you add a pandemic into the middle, it, middle of it. And then all the online time that we spent. Yeah, the online thing has certainly changed things, but uh, meeting people uh, and the awkwardness that takes place, that hasn't changed. That's still there. Uh, uh, years oh, we're ago, just went, as awkward as we used to yeah, be. Yeah, they really more. are. And and they're, they're using networking as a face-to-face -face cold calling opportunity, most people. Uh, I went to an event years ago, 900 people. I was speaking. Uh, I was the last keynote speaker, and I watched the event. And I don't know what possessed me, but I asked this group of people, I said, how many of you are here today hoping to, you know, maybe just possibly sell something? You're doing 900 people raise their hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, great. Yeah. How many of you are here hoping to, you know, maybe just possibly buy something? No one raised their hands. Not one single person. This is what I call the networking disconnect. If you go to networking meetings trying to sell, it's not going to work for you. So people say, why go? You go to, to, to develop the right mindset. And the right mindset is something I call the VCP process. Visibility, credibility, profitability. When you go to a networking organization, the first thing you got to do is, is 
is create some visibility. People don't know who you are. So get to know some of the people there. Uh, over time, you develop credibility. And that's where people know who you are. They know what you do. They know you're good at it. And eventually you get to profitability where people know who you are. They know what you do. They know you're good at it. And they're willing to refer you. So you have different conversations with people based on where you're at in the VCP process. If we're meeting for the first time, I need to know about you. I want to ask you questions. If we've known each other, hey, how are you doing? How's the podcast going? How's the show going? And I can ask more direct questions and we can have a deeper interaction. If I'm referring you and you're referring me, you might say, how'd that referral go that I gave you? So there are different conversations. You go to networking meetings to work your way through the VCP process. So you really have to put yourself out there because I think that in the last yeah. few years, not only were those opportunities not available for a lot of people, but now they've become not preferable to a lot of people who are, are not comfortable going and they don't want to do it. And I hear a lot of people saying they don't think there's value in doing those kinds of things. Yeah, I hear that too. And I did a survey of 12,000 people that was in a book on uh, gender and networking, the difference between men and women and how they network. 91% uh, of the respondents, uh, uh, 12,000 people, 91% that said networking has played a role in their success. And that was not just BNI members. It was open to the public. 91%. Whenever you ever seen 91% of any group of people agree to anything ever. Just the stranded dentist on a desert island asking about toothpaste. That old <laughs> yes, there so is that. Let me, let me ask you though, when did you do that survey? I did that survey 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Well, okay. Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you yeah. think you would still get the same response now if you did that? I do. Yes. Okay. I think people, uh, they may not like networking, but they recognize that it is one of the most effective ways to build their business. The reason they don't like it is that it, it oftentimes is very transactional. Like I said, hi, my name's Ivan. Let's do business. Here's, I, I, I hate it when somebody comes up and says, here's three copies of my card. Maybe you'll give two to someone else. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what was your name? <laughs> I'm thinking, no, I'm not going to give your card to anyone else. I don't know you. And so um, when it's transactional, people don't like it. That doesn't mean it doesn't work. So the word that I'm hearing is the one of the most overused words I think in the world these days, and that is authenticity. So have a have a real interaction with somebody, even if it's a brief one. How do you do that? What are what are your tips on how to have that small talk that maybe leads into something bigger? Well, especially for key, people who are a little introverted. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and and I understand that because believe it or not, uh, I I have been tested and I'm a, I'm a situational extrovert which means that uh, by nature, I'm an introvert who in the right context comes across as an extrovert. I learned that from my late wife who read it. That's a book. me. Yes. That's well, totally me. <laughs> so there are some secrets when you go to a networking event and you feel like you're an introvert. The first is really important. A good networker has two ears and one mouth and should use them both proportionately. Introverts are better at that than extroverts. Extroverts have, they love to talk. And what's their favorite subject? Themselves. Themselves. <laughs> so everybody thinks an extrovert is good at, at, at networking, but they're not because they don't listen well. Introverts listen well. So here's another technique for introverts. When you go to a networking event, go with someone else, preferably an extrovert and preferably someone who knows people at that event. And then you ask them to introduce you around. Mm. And so they introduce you. You don't have to do it yourself. This works. I do it all the time. Really effective. Now, let's say you're there by yourself. Third technique. 
imagine that you have a God view down on the room. When two people are standing perpendicular like this, you can't break into the conversation. Uh, but, if they're, but if they're standing like this, like a V, then it's, it's easier to slip in. If you have three people who are standing, again, looking down like a triangle, you can't break into that conversation. But if you have um, three people that are standing like this, you can slip in. So you, what you want to do is look for open twos, open threes, open groups, especially if you're an introvert. The larger so you, the group- So you really have to observe somebody else's body language because that tells you if they're open, yes. are they having a private conversation where they're going to resent the fact that you're trying to insert yourself exactly. in whatever way? So you really have to look at how are they, how are they positioned and are is positioned? it appropriate to walk up? Yeah, well, and sometimes it's not that they're in a, oftentimes they are in a private conversation, but sometimes it's not. It's just like, hey, you know, you, you've seen somebody that you know again, and you kind of huddle up, and they might be quite willing to uh, have somebody else there. That's why one of the reasons that I, uh, when I'm ever, when I'm training any networking organization on open networking, I tell them, uh, like ambassadors at a chamber, I tell them, tell people to always have open stances. Open twos, open threes, open groups, which makes it easier for somebody else to step in. And believe it or not, the bigger the group, the easier it is for the introvert to slip in because they kind of slip in unnoticed, right? And eventually someone comes around to them and goes, oh, hi, you know, what's your name? What do you do? And you have a conversation. Good networker, ask questions. A good networker is a good interviewer, okay? You're asking me questions and you're allowing me to elaborate. That's what a good networker is. Ask questions and let the other person elaborate. My tip to people is always ask people about themselves because yep. it tends to be their favorite subject. Yeah. 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 About themselves. If you know that if somehow it, it comes up that they have grandchildren uh, or, or, you know, young kids talk about that. Um, you know, when you start talking about their business uh, and they tell you what they do, you know, go, try to drill down a little bit deeper and, and ask questions like, what do you love about what you do? What's your favorite thing about what you do? What are some of the kinds of clients or customers that you just love working with? And okay, who do you hate working with? You don't have to give me names, but what kind of people do you hate having as a client? You know, you get them to open up. And when you are wrapping up, one of the best things to do, and you can't start with this question, but you end with this question, um, what are some challenges that you have in your business? And if, you, if you've built a rapport with the person, they will often tell you, now that's your opportunity to see if you can find a way to help them. And by help them, I don't mean sell them something. Okay, don't, don't do that. Don't go there. People have sales seizures, right? They just, they got to sell. Instead, is there somebody you could refer them to? So if someone had a challenge, I would say, yeah, I know somebody that might be able to help you with that. Would you like me to make an introduction? And they'll you say yes or no. Often it's yes. And then I make the introduction. A good networker is a good connector and connects people with who need help with something. Do you find that for people who are just not used to networking, let's say like younger employees who maybe haven't been in these social settings, yeah. um, is it good to kind of have some things in, in your head of what you're going to talk about before you go and not just yes. wing it? Yeah, it is. It really is. You, you, should, you should know what it is that you're going to say about your business. And, you know, you're what I hate the term, but it, it, it's, a you know, people recognize it, your elevator pitch. And, and by the way, for an elevator pitch, never do an elevator pitch in an elevator. It's, it's <laughs> ideas. 
saying what you do quickly as though it were an elevator ride, you know, you're doing it really quickly and look for, and I I happen to have a a really good friend of mine here today, Sam Horn, and she calls this the the eyebrow test. So what you do is you you give them your unique uh, unique selling proposition, what it is that you do that makes a difference in people's lives and then watch their eyebrows. It's the eyebrow test, Sam Horn. If their eyebrows do this, you've lost them. They have no idea what you mean. However, if your eyebrows go up, you got their attention. Yeah. So for um, people who are listening, the first one yeah. was you showed kind of a frown where they right, were crunched. maybe had kind of a skeptic look. Yeah. And then if you get the raised eyebrow, perhaps they're intrigued. Right. If both eyebrows go up, you've got their attention. And um, and so, you know, say something that gets their uh, attention, a unique selling proposition. Also talk about afters. This is really important. If you're talking about what you do, talk about afters, because people don't really care about what you do. What they want to, what they care most about is what does it look like after you do what you do? The afters are the key in getting people's attention uh, about the products or services that you have to offer. So for example, um, there's a great unique selling proposition by a company, uh, Ascentive. They say, we, we help people uh, work less, make more and create referrals for life. Hmm. Ooh. You know, eyebrows always go up with that. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you how do you create referrals for life? And uh, that's the after. We help people create referrals for life. You have worked with some pretty big names. Um, do you find that networking just becomes an easy thing for people at the top, or do they still struggle with it as well sometimes? I think some of them struggle. Some of them don't have a lot of people skills, you know, particularly people that maybe have uh, an IT background, technology background, they haven't developed the people skills. Uh, But some of them have amazing people skills. Um, You know, I I was on Necker Island last week, uh, had an opportunity to spend time with Richard Branson. Let me tell you something, I go to school on him when I watch him (laughs) deal with people. He is a master at listening to people, talking to people, talking to people at all levels of an organization. I went to one event, millionaires, multimillionaires in the room. He walks in, you know, the first people he talked to? The people who mates. were serving it. Yep. I'm guessing. They were, yeah. they were, they were service providers. They were, you know, serving food. They were cleaning up. He turned, talked to them and he said to them, I was close enough to hear him say, ladies, thank you so much for the work you're doing at this event. This is a really important event for us. And we couldn't do it without people like you. And I just wanted to tell you, I appreciate you. That was it. And he turned and walked, and then all the millionaires are going, hey, Richard, Richard, Richard. Those two women, they, they didn't walk around the house. They floated around the house the rest of the night. So, yeah, some really successful people have great people skills. He is one of them. And one of the great people skills, I would think, going into a, a, maybe a networking type event is that observational skill. Like, I learn the most through reporting by what I see, not what I say. Yeah. <laughs> I watch, I look for those connections. I look for how do people interact with each other. And I think that you can really learn to read a room um, by sitting back first and observing how those people are interacting. Right. Well, you know, the older I get, the less I believe in words and the more I believe in behaviors. And words have power. Words are powerful. But when they come out of someone's mouth, what I look for most is how do they behave relating to what they're saying. And the behavior trumps the the words every day for me. Small talk has gotten that rap of being meaningless and not having power. The reality is it's that small conversation you have with someone that maybe leads to something bigger. Yeah. Um, is, is that right? Am I getting that oh, right? Totally right. Totally right. I, I have this one exercise I did uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I developed that's called the Gaines Exchange. 
goals, accomplishments, interests, network skills. And I had two people, an, an attorney and an architect, uh, were in a group and they were going to do it. And they're like, we don't want to do this. This is silly. And I'm like, yeah, just give it a try. If you don't like it, you're going to do it. You're going to do a survey afterwards. Just say it was silly. They're like, I don't know. Okay, fine. So they got just a little bit of the way through and they found out they were both coaches for their son's soccer teams. That's it. They didn't get through anything else. All they could talk about were coaching techniques and, and games that were coming up and they agreed to scout for each other. And at the, in the survey, they said, we're, we're really sorry. We didn't finish it. This was fantastic. How did, why was it fantastic? Because they got to know each other a little bit on a personal level, a professional personal level. And so, yeah, learning more about the other person is a great way to make a connection, a long lasting connection. How do you end small talk? What's, what's the right way to, to exit appropriately so that you don't kind of overstay your welcome <laughs> at a networking event? Yeah, I think people, uh, they, they fret over this a lot and it's, it's really not that big a deal. Here's what not to do. Don't say, oh, I see so-and-so, I need to go see them. I need to go meet them. You know, that, that's kind of rude. Um, so to end a conversation, you simply end the conversation. You, you say, this was, this was really interesting. Hopefully, you know, it's true. Tell the truth. Uh, I, I learned something from what you had to say. This was really interesting. Or I, I promise I'll make that connection with you. Here's my card. Can I get your card so I can make that connection uh, for you? And it was really great talking to you. And you bump fists or shake hands and, and move on. Don't apologize for moving on. Um, thank them and recognize something about what you said with them. And it also strikes me for people who maybe aren't going back into big formal networking events, this is advice that's good for just getting back into an office type setting or into a school setting or into whatever group you haven't been around in a while. Yeah, asking those uh, you know questions that uh, uh, go a little bit deeper. You know, a lot of people are just out there, like you said, passing cards around. If your network is a mile wide and only an inch deep, it'll never be very powerful. You need to have a network that is both wide and in places deep. And in order to have a deep network, you have to have a, a, a professional personal relationship with that other person. Dr. Meisers is such good stuff. It's so much fun to talk about. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so tell me, what is the best way for people to keep up with some of your work? Uh, I have a blog, IvanMeisner.com. That's M-I-S-N-E-R, IvanMeisner.com. Everything on there, uh, all the content is free. Uh, and I I've been blogging for 16 years, uh, twice a week. So there's a lot of content. And also anyone that's interested in BNI, BNI.com. Isn't he great? So that's part one. Part two of my conversation with Dr. Meisner is going to be a deeper dive into his book, Who's in Your Room? The Question That Will Change Your Life. Just of that episode is taking a critical look at who you spend the most time with. So there's that, you know that phone commercial, Who's in Your Five? That's kind of what we're talking about. So it's seeing who are you spending the most time with, how do they make you feel, and asking yourself, is this the person that I should be spending this much time with? Is that person actually doing me more harm than good? And maybe you're not a good fit for them anymore. So we'll talk about how to really figure out how to look at the people in your life. And if there are some who no longer are serving you, how to maybe sever that connection in a kind and effective way. And then also how to reestablish a friendship that you have let go. So maybe you lost touch because your kids got older or you moved to a new job. How to reach out to a friend 
who crosses your mind and you wish you had a tighter connection with these days, how to effectively reach out to them and maybe try to strike that friendship back up and get it going. That's coming up next time on the Dying to Ask podcast. If you enjoyed this show and you thought of somebody in your network who you think would enjoy it as well, I'd love you to share the show text it to them right now. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you look in the top right-hand corner, you'll see three dots. Hit that, and there's a share function there, and that's the quickest way to share a show. And when you share shows, that's how podcasts grow. It's like watering a garden. Thanks for listening, and if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me on Instagram. My handle there is runreadsips. Send me a message. Let me know what you thought of the show or if you have a guest suggestion. Thank you for listening this week, and I'll see you next time on the Dying Task Podcast.